Boris Zelyev, the lead author of Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon 1, Observations of Events, from the main astronomical observatory, NAS of Ukraine, was contacted by All Things Unexplained to appear on the podcast or to answer some questions via email or phone. He has yet to respond to this request. All right, good evening. I'm Dr. Mounts. Got CJ with me. Got special guest Chrissy Smith Smith with me. Let's go, Larry. Here we go. All things unexplained. Hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. So we're back. Welcome back, CJ. CJ Derringer is joining me. And we're pleased to have special guest Chrissy Smith from Patriot Muscle Health, a fitness guru, a princess of the paranormal, Chrissy Smith (laughs) from Patriot Muscle Health. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe I'm a patriot for the esoteric conversations. (laughs) Because that's what I like to do in my free time when I'm not saving America. That's right. America, I love it. Speaking of esoteric (laughs) conversations, we're going to dive right into it. This one's right in our wheelhouse. UFO, UAP news, folks. Brand new paper from the Ukraine titled Unidentified Aerial Phenomena 1, Roman numeral 1, Observations of Events. And this comes from the author's B.E. Jeliev. And I believe mm. his first name is actually Boris. And I've got a picture of Dr. Boris. This is from the the uh, observatory in Ukraine. Here he is, oh. Boris E. Zelyev. As far as I know, by the way, this is going to be the first actual in-depth analysis of this paper this is indeed the first I've seen actual photograph or, or anything else concerning Dr. Zelyev in the news. This this paper has been all over the worldwide news. Uh, Yahoo, Science, New York Times, European News, you name it. It's been everywhere. I'm not sure that's a picture I would want of myself associated with everything. <laughs> like a side profile looking concerned walking in the woods. I know. Choice. I guess it's in the field, right? Like if you're <laughs> if you're an astronomer, you kind of want to. It's kind of like archaeology. You're literally in a field, yeah. Yeah, you want your you want your picture to be like from the Sphinx or something. <laughs> and uh, here it is, the Ukrainian version. Oh. Don't ask me if that's the same information. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the same picture. <laughs> so there's Doctor Boris and an. I mean, a great, strong Ukrainian name there. These other two, I could not find 
But they work, uh, by the way, they work at the main astronomical observatory NAS of Ukraine. I cannot, Dr. Uh, Zelyev is definitely there. I cannot find Patukov and Reshetnik there, but I did discover online that they definitely are involved in physics and astronomy very heavily, have, have their names on all kinds of scientific journals. And so, you know, that's a nod for the validity of this paper. Right off the bat here, it says, the main astronomical observatory of NAS of Ukraine has conducted an independent study of UAP. They, they, they mentioned the fact that, hey, in the U.S., you know, our military our, our is conducting a study of UFOs. NASA's conducting a studies of UFOs. They're saying, you know what? In Ukraine, we are too. For UAP observations, they use two meteor stations installed in Kiev and in the Venerovivka village in the south of the <laughs> Kiev region. I butchered some of this horribly. Observations were performed with color video cameras in the daytime sky which I thought that was very interesting in the daytime sky. We have developed a special observation technique for detecting and evaluating UAP characteristics. According to their data, there are two types of UAP, which they call one, cosmics, great name, and phantoms. So the cosmics, CJ and Chrissy, are the luminous, bright objects, brighter in the background of the sky and they interestingly call these ships and I like how they, they use the word ships names of birds so they, they name the cosmic UAPs swifts falcons and eagles no idea how they settle on those names doesn't say the phantoms the second category of UAPs are Dark objects, to me, these are super intriguing, with contrast from several to about 50%. Uh, and they say we see them everywhere. We observe a significant number of objects whose nature is not clear. I thought it was real interesting how they say we see them everywhere. I'm not sure how scientific that is, by the way. <laughs> I noted that too when I was reading it. It was just, if I were writing an article, that might be the word I would come up with. We see them all over the place. <laughs> like, okay, a little generic. Right. And one thing I wondered about this paper did the authors write this up in English or did it get translated to English? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. It was right. uploaded to a website, by the way, that. Any registered scientist can upload a paper to, and it does not undergo peer review. So we do need to note that. So basically, you can upload a, a paper in the morning. It's published by the evening, essentially. So they see them everywhere. They say flights of single group and squadrons of the ships were detected. I thought that was real interesting. I have no idea what the difference between a group and a squadron is, however... I know. <laughs> Maybe a squadron is like several groups of groups. Or a really large group. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, and by the way, Chrissy, you might be muted. But a squadron, you there, Chrissy? I am. I'm trying to mute myself because I don't want 
to um to have any feedback because I didn't come prepared tonight, guys. I tried. I feel like that Bart Simpson or whatever he had this cake and it said, "Well, at least you tried," and then he threw it in the garbage can. That's <laughs> <laughs> hey, the technology has gotten the best of our most brilliant guests. Some of the most. Oh, I- Yes, brilliant people (laughs) on the face of the planet so it just happens but i wonder maybe you know maybe squadrons actually are groups that are moving with some sort of purpose in a military fashion for example i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna look it up yeah Yeah. and i wish they said why did they what do they mean by squadron and moving at speeds from three to 15 degrees per second i hate it this is some sort of physics problem i attempted to somehow correlate degrees per second to miles per hour. It is not a straightforward calculation. It seems to be an advanced mathematical problem, which I'll, I'll mention just a minute. I think that if you know the distance, uh, and and this was with the luminous objects. I think if you know the distance, of said luminous objects, which, by the way, they're seeing these differently than the others because these are moving at incredibly high speeds. We're talking about they're observing them moving a certain amount of degrees in the sky. Think satellite, right? Satellite. And so, you know how you how you can see Starlink moving overhead? And, right. and you can say, okay, it moved this amount of degrees in a second. Okay. I think that's the type of situation we're looking at. But very difficult to say the speed of those. They used two sites of observations that were situated approximately 75 miles apart. And I did do these calculations. With two synchronized cameras, which allowed the detection of a variable, one of these luminous objects, at an altitude of, get this, 727 miles. What? Or, that's right, 1,170 kilometers, which is roughly 727 miles. Wait. I know, right? (laughs) This is where they're seeing the luminous objects, the the bright objects. That's like way, way, way up there. Cosmics, that's right. And I've actually got a little diagram here for us. That's actually because they say 1,170. Again, this is the first in-depth analysis of this paper so far as I know that I could discover. They say, okay, these objects were an altitude of 1,170 kilometers. As you can see, this places them in the exosphere. Basically right below space, up there with spaceships, you know, like space shuttles, and satellites. Okay. So... Very interesting, right? Very interesting. That's where they're seeing most of these objects. Is that high? No. That's where they're seeing the cosmics. The luminous objects is in the exosphere. Which is really intriguing. Um, Really intriguing. Now, the phantoms show the color characteristics inherent in an object with zero albedos. I had to look that up. This is essentially, y'all... How creepy is this? An entirely black object. It emits no light. In matter of fact, it absorbs all light, all radiation around it, making it entirely 
black. The only way they could detect it is through something called the called Raleigh scattering or Rayleigh scattering, which is the phenom- which is the phenomenon of radiation bouncing off mo- air molecules, which is what actually makes the sky blue. Hmm. I'm sure y'all have heard of these physics books before. You know how to answer questions by kids, and that's <laughs> one of the questions your kids always ask: is what makes the sky blue. And that it's because of Raleigh, the Raleigh-Rayleigh scattering effect. And I actually have a picture here somewhere of one of these objects. That, oh, yeah, figure seven. Let me pull that up. This is from the paper, figure seven. I don't know, y'all. kind of reminds me of the obelisk from 2001, A Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> the image of the phantom object. There it is. And I don't know, I don't I actually have any other way to describe it except it kind of does remind me of the obelisk from 2001 Space. And by the way, we've had mm-hmm. a few shows. Remember the mystery obelisks that were popping up all over the planet? Oh, yes. The yeah. monolith. The monolith. I'm saying yeah. the word obelisk. I mean monolith. So it reminds me of the monolith from 2001 a Space Odyssey and yeah. the monoliths that were popping up. It almost looks like a torpedo, like a shape of a torpedo. Yes. Yes, it does. Really interesting. So these, they actually estimated the size. Let's see. The phantoms, these are the dark ones, are observed in the troposphere, or is it troposphere, at distances up to, and let me let me actually pull this layer up again. The troposphere is the bottom layer, so essentially from the Earth to about 12 to 18 kilometers high. It's where you've got airplanes, hot air balloons. That sort of thing. So very bottom layer. Uh, at a distance is up to 10 to 12 kilometers. They estimate their size from 3 to 12 meters. And a 12 meters is a is 39 feet. Yeah, that's big. Huge. And speeds up to... Now, when you read this, your mind really doesn't register it. These phantoms are moving now in the bottom layer of the atmosphere at 15 kilometers per second. That is 33,554 miles per hour. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, what sphere are we in with these? This is bottom the layer. layer. The bottom no, bottom. layer. So our Earth's circumference what 25,000 miles that sounds accurate so this thing could get around earth in less than an hour yes oh absolutely (laughs) right if only Columbus had that right or Magellan if only Magellan (laughs) (laughs) if only Magellan had that so I actually just for you know comparisons I looked looked up some other speeds here to be continued. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Our show depends on the support of listeners like you. Find us on Venmo under the business accounts. 
Just look for at Bigfoot UFO. If you can't get enough of us, go ahead and check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he wears a lot of hats. Dr. T. Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.